Welcome to Behind the Tools. Here's Tradeify CEO and your host, Michael Steckler. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, another episode. Uh, this week, um, our first guest actually from an insurance company. So it's a, a topic I know that most trades uh, love to hear about. Uh, and it's a big issue, certainly with things like tool theft and other parts of the business. So I'm delighted to welcome Jennifer Steger from Trade Risk Insurance over in Australia. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. Great to have you on board. Jennifer, do you want to start and just walk through um, kind of what your company does and where you're focused? Yeah, no worries. So yeah, Trade Risk Insurance Brokers. We um, we are an insurance broker in Australia based in Brisbane. Uh, and we look after uh, mostly trade business clients. So electricians, carpenters, plumbers, that sort of thing, um, and help them with their business insurance needs. Yeah, and how did you, has the business always been focused mainly on, I mean, most of your customers are, are trade businesses, right? I think from, from my understanding from the name of the, the company, has that always been a focus? Yes, yeah, right from the start, that was uh, a niche that uh, the managing director, Shane Moore, uh, who started the company, he uh, he saw that that was a, a great um, a place to to market um, insurance. And, and so he started off, uh, uh, looking at ways he could grab attention for trade businesses and um, and and get noticed um, in order to to look at helping them out with their insurance needs. So um, it grew from just just him um, building a website, and now we've got a, a staff of ten here, um, and yeah, yeah growing cool. all the time. Fantastic. And, you know, just just for some people that are listening, some people will probably already have business insurance for their for their trade business, some some might not have. Do you want to what are the what are the usual reasons? What are trade businesses usually sign up signing up for from a from an insurance perspective? Well, the main uh, main insurance policy that that all businesses need is public and products liability insurance. So that's that's the sort of the base level of where um, business insurance starts and then there are additional um, types of insurance that come on board there so depending on what um, the structure of the business is if they have a you know an actual business premises then you might look at um, sort of more uh, property and stock um, type of insurances otherwise if they're a mobile business you might have a few tools bit of stock yeah. uh, that you might keep in your van or utility and yeah that sort of thing and how do you approach so when when a business gets in touch with you and says look hey i you know i need some form of insurance and it might be they've heard about tool theft and which is a sort of big issue everywhere um what advice are usually what are the advice they're usually looking for uh, from an insurance perspective well they're looking at what what insurance they do need to protect their business protect their assets um all that sort of stuff um, and what they can do to maybe minimise, um, you know, having to um, make insurance claims and that sort of thing. So, so we sort of use our experience um, and knowledge on um, ways to um, mitigate uh, the reason to make insurance claims and that sort of thing. So we can pass on that knowledge and advice. 
And, and sort of apart from the obvious stuff, there'll probably be a few cynics on here around insurance and, you know, how it works and premiums and then, you know, um, excess and all those things, what you end up paying out. What would you say to those in terms of the, you know, what are the main risks of not having insurance? Well, some claims are... Um, you know, get into the the tens or hundreds of thousands really, really quickly. Um, and a lot of those costs uh, are probably uh, lying in the, the defence costs um, area of perhaps defending um, yourself in the event of being accused of a claim. Um, right. You know, so those costs, especially in today's um, day and age with litigation, where it is, those costs can add up really, really quickly. And if you don't have that insurance in place and and that, um, you know, solicitor uh, defence um, on tap yourself, um, then, you know, you, you're really um, putting yourself in a position where you could lose your business, lose your personal assets, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, and it yeah. could end up really bad for you. What's, what's the most, I mean, that's a good example of one, I guess, where, you know, um, an electrician's done some work, the owner of that either commercial property or residential property claims that something was done wrong, which has had an impact elsewhere. I imagine that's quite common, usually trying to unwind that stuff and figure out what went wrong. What are the most common sort of use cases that you see in terms of where insurance has been has been needed? Yeah, um, I'd probably say a, a lot of the time is um, is where, um, like, say, electricians um, and other trades are are working on people's roofs, um, yeah. and and oftentimes it it might be that the that they miss something that, uh, you know, they don't replace a tile or don't seal it properly, or they are just walking along the roof and damage it. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of property damage claims rather than say personal injury where, right. you know, where somebody might get injured on site. That probably, um, it, when that happens, it, it can be very expensive, but it doesn't happen as often as property damage so yeah so that's what I see <laughs> and what and when that happens and someone makes a claim how do the how do the premiums how does that impact premiums I guess for the next year if, they, if they've made two or three of those types of claims because stuff happens accidents happen what what does that look like yeah so that can make things really difficult um it depends on the circumstances but often the insurers are looking for um trends so if that particular um uh, insured business has had three claims where the same sort of thing has happened where say it might be damage to a roof from walking on it they'd be wanting to see from the insured that they've made real change in their business practices right. um, and the training of their staff that sort of thing so that they um, they can be assured that you know the client is doing as much as they can to um, to stop having to make any more claims that that fall into that similar bracket. Um, oftentimes, they they will just um, you know if they've paid a lot out in claims, they will just bow out and say no, we don't want this risk anymore, um, and that can make things more difficult as well. But that's the beauty of having a broker 
um, you know, so we can we can make sure that you know you're not left without insurance. We'll we'll find you a home. Um, right. Do, do what we can to to make sure that um, we can get it for you with with reasonable and um, you know viable terms and conditions. You know, with regard to premiums and excesses, etc. Yeah, and, and sort of on that topic, um, you know, we've got trades owners from all over the world. If they're not in Australia and, and they're not able to give you a call, what, what's your advice? Not all insurance brokers clearly are very focused on trades specifically, and I'm sure many of our people on, listening to this will have a insurance broker who's more of a generic insurance broker that covers those things. What's your advice in terms of what to look for from an insurance broker um, if you're a trade business owner? Yeah, well, I think if you are you know, asking questions of your broker, um, like what does this exclusion mean? What does that uh, wording mean on your policy? Um, I guess if you're, um, if you're getting answers from, from your broker that are making sense to you, um, then that's where I see a good broker. They're able to, you know, uh, filter that language down that, uh, in a way that makes sense to you and isn't just jargon, um, you know, and, and they're making sure that, you know, they're protecting right. your interests. So, yeah. And then from a sort of cost perspective, so if I'm, you know, if I'm new to this, setting up a business, I'm a five-person uh, trade company, maybe I'm an electrician, what's the, what is the average, it's hard to say averages, obviously every circumstance <laughs> is different, I don't know what you're going to say there, but do, do, do you have approximates about the sort of ballpark costs of insurance that most trades business owners are, are in in the region obviously it's something to think about as they set up oh look it's it's really hard to to give that sort of estimate because there's there's a lot more factors that that go into it where where the actual works are being taken taking place right. whether or not you're engaging subcontractors or labor hire firms um, to get staff in to help you um, you know whether or not you do any work with heat, that sort of thing, all these factors sort of take into account. And then the different insurance companies will um, look at each of those factors differently and they might apply more premiums or they might apply higher excesses, et cetera. So that's why, you know, when we get all the information we need to get quotes, we look at all those things and then, um, you know, but, make a recommendation based on what we think is most suitable for your business and how you run it. So if I'm, if I'm a trade business owner and I'm thinking about, you know, maybe um, researching my current insurance provider, see if I'm getting a good deal. Um, what are the sort of fact, what are the most common factors? You talked about a few there about subcontracting type of work. What are the, what are the sort of top five to 10 things that, that you tend to ask about that are important? Yeah, well, um, most of the insurers will, will, uh, base their premiums around uh, the estimated turnover of the business, the, yep. the total income, how many staff, yep, the subcontractors and labour hire, um, those sorts of things. And, um, and just generally uh, any other, um, you know, factors that might go into why your, your risk might be better um, than, you know, Joe Blow down the road. Um, you know, if if you've got specific, you know, measures in place that make sure that um, you know you you not making those mistakes that you're 
double, triple checking things, etc., taking photographic right. evidence of the works you're doing, all that sort of stuff. If you can provide that sort of information to an insurer, you know, that makes it um, a lot easier for them to, to say, okay, well, yeah, this is a good risk and we, we might be able to lower the premium or provide lower excesses or, you know something like that cool so that so you sort of touched on something i was going to ask you around which is like what what is the best way for a trade business owners to think about reducing their premium what are the things they can the steps they can take to sort of get that premium down or be seen as a better i guess a better investment from a insurance provider's perspective yeah so so i was touching on ways to um you know mitigate uh potential property damage claims on on a liability policy um so yes yeah, staff training and um and you know making sure you're taking before and after photographs of, yeah. of the works that, that are being done so that that's even just a, a double check for yourself to make sure that you have you know replaced that tile on the roof that you took off to do some work or whatever you know if you're taking a photograph afterwards you, you're gonna know whether you didn't put it back on or not <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah completely yeah but yeah but obviously then you know with um theft claims and all that sort of stuff security systems in place and you know that kind of thing um those all those all assist in in helping keeping those premiums down yeah we talk a lot about job photography i mean and we don't actually talk about it from a insurance perspective but more from a customer experience perspective when you do get oh, yep. which obviously often leads to insurance which is a customer that says oh this is this is <laughs> broken and you're like well we've got a picture to show that it wasn't when we left and so yeah. probably is their fault and then you, you touched on tool theft that's obviously a big hot topic that uh, I think there's a lot of um, noise in the industry about the lack of uh, effort that's been put against that from an industry perspective not as an individual trade you know what 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 is the um I guess a couple of couple of questions here one is you know what what is the defined standard in terms of security right if I'm a, if I'm thinking about buying a I've got a new van I've got all my tools in it what should I have as a bare minimum yeah uh well I mean, as a bare minimum, you've just got to make sure that the, the vehicle is locked. You know, you'd be hard pressed to find in today's market um, a cover um, that will that will um, not have an exclusion for right. if there's if there's no forcible entry. So, um, so you know, if the vehicle is not locked, um, then it's likely it's not going to be able to be covered. So first of all, lock the vehicle. If you've got alarms um, and you know any other deterrence, um, that sort of thing, then then that's going to help. Um, oftentimes, too, um, trades businesses will have like um, you know roof racks and things kept on top of the vehicle. You know, just tying them with ropes, that sort of thing, that's not really sufficient. You need to have right. like chains and padlocks that sort of thing. And a, a good idea when you are taking out insurance for that is to take pictures of those security items so that if they take the whole thing, you can say, look, we did have the security in place, right. but they have forced their way in. It just makes things move a lot um, you know, easier and smoother um, to show that you did everything you, you could, um, and now you need to make an insurance claim. And have you seen an uptick in tool theft at all in the last few years? Um, 
Oh, look, it, it's been fairly sort of high um, for quite a number of years now. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that it's recent, recently spiked any further, but it, it has been, you know, something that, that has been fairly high for some time. And the premiums do reflect that essentially, like um, the premiums are probably higher rates on, on that section of cover than, than any other. Um, yeah, yeah. Because of and the then, high frequency of claims. Because of the amount of times it happens, yeah. yeah. And then sort of my last question really is around, you know, what do you see as the most common, what are the common, you've, you've referenced a couple, I think, but what are the common things you see claims for when, you, when you're processing claims? What are the most common things you see the businesses that you work with sort of come through, through to you for? Yeah, well, like I said, a lot of property property damage claims. So, yeah, yeah it, it's often, um, yeah, damages to roofs while whilst you're up there, uh, that sort of thing. Or it's that you haven't um, quite uh, sealed things off or something. And so you might not actually know that there's a problem until um, there's like a rain um, weather event. Um, right. And then water damage um, occurs in the, in the home or um, home or office. And then that's when they they realized that oh that actually wasn't wasn't done um, to standard right so I mean there's some there's some big preventative measures there that can take place talks about photography and all those things it shows the if that's exactly. your number one sort of seems to be the biggest claims that come through then that's a big big opportunity Absolutely. to reduce that yeah, yeah fantastic definitely cool um, if you weren't in, if you weren't in insurance which trade you're working with with trades companies and trades people which which trade would you pick Oh, which trade? Um, oh, I think I think probably electricians. I see a lot of electrician businesses, and I I think it's just a, it's a really interesting um, job. It it um, it allows you to sort of really be able to uh, I guess light up a place <laughs> for for want of a better term. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good I think. Uh, industry to be in. I've also seen that it it hasn't been affected by some of the other, um, you know, building concerns and what, right. what not as much as other trades. You know, um, the electricians seem to be really steady. Like even through COVID, like a lot of electricians were were seeing an uptick in in works um, rather than um lowering because people were staying at home and and wanting to get those those things fixed and upgraded and all yeah. that sort of stuff yeah. so yeah, yeah i think that one <laughs> and then what's the largest claim that you've had to deal with um i've probably seen um a, a couple in the the hundreds of thousands and and that's been often where um there's more than one party um involved right. Um, so a lot of that is defence costs. Um, so, and it might be working out what proportion of the claim um, you you are actually responsible for. Um, right. So the the damage itself that you're responsible for might be only say twenty or thirty thousand, but then there's all these costs associated with uh, the defence costs and um, yeah. assessors reports and all this other sort of stuff and with that in mind what has been the sort of easiest and then the hardest trades that you've you've dealt with from a from an insurance claim perspective 
Well, I think I think because um, of the nature of plumbing being a water, um, right? You know, so dealing with water that can be really um, difficult um, in the sense that if you damage, say, um, sorry, if you say don't uh, turn off a tap properly in what the fifth floor of a building and the the pipe bursts the water uh, travels down to the lower levels uh, then you know you're seeing a number of parties involved with the right. claim yeah that sort of thing so where there's more than one party um, that that's when things get more difficult and, and the easy ones easier ones should I say <laughs> um, well they're probably just where it's it's a clear cut um, you know say for example um, you dropped the chandelier that you know you were installing right. um, you know you know you're at fault they know you're at fault you're like um, it's, let's just get a quote to replace replace the item um, yeah, submit it yeah. all to the insurer and it's done and then the sort of last last question lots of people have different opinions on insurance as most people do about all, all professions let's be honest um what's the biggest myth that you you tend to find when you talk to, to trades companies sort of first first time customers with you what's the largest myth around insurance you'd like to i guess burst um that that it's a necessary evil i hear that a lot <laughs> and I disagree wholeheartedly. I, I think I think that insurance is, is the way that um, businesses can be viable. You know, um, if you um, make a mistake and you know, you do damage someone's property um, or you do injure somebody, um, you know, and are responsible for those costs, Without insurance, you wouldn't be able to sustain um, those sorts of costs and still right. run run your business. You know, insurance is there to make sure that you can still continue business um, and uh, still, you know, even if you do make a mistake. Yeah. Cool. Great. Jennifer, this is really insightful. Thanks for that. And there's sure some people listening that will think differently about whether they should or shouldn't have insurance. And uh, I think you've outlined some of the, probably some of the areas that are the, the high risk ones that if you don't have it, what it could, what it could cost. And like you say, it probably only takes one mistake in a year to um, obviously get the payback from that insurance. So really appreciate you spending the time. Not Thanks again. Thank uh, you so everyone, and just in terms of anyone that is in Australia wants to um, maybe give you guys a bell, get in touch. What's the best way to reach you? Yes, yeah, so our website, um, traderisk.com.au, um, we're all on there. Um, the, so if you want to look for myself personally, um, I'm on the team page, but otherwise anybody here at Trade Risk can help you. There's, uh, there's lots of uh, information on our website um, for you to have a look at and, and you know, get in contact if you like. Cool. Great. Thank you. We'll appreciate you spending the time and thanks everyone else for listening until, until next week. Um, we shall see you then. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Bye. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Behind the Tools is brought to you by Tradeify, job management software for your trade business. 
you enjoyed the podcast, let us know by leaving a review and be sure to tell your mates about it. Email behindthetools at tradeifyhq.com if you or someone you know would be keen to join the show as a guest.